welcome to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, we're going to explain to you what is happening now in America and the world and what is going to happen, what is happening in the near future. To the degree you understand that, that you process that, that you assimilate that, is to the degree you will have an opportunity given to you by God to be an overcomer and to be victorious in the greatest spiritual battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. And we're in, make no mistake about it, every time I turn on uh, a perceptive analyst, not somebody who's like a controlled puppet by the puppet masters. I was listening to Steve Bannon uh, being interviewed by a pastor. Now, I don't agree with everything Steve Bannon does or, or says, but he has been deepening his relationship to Jesus Christ, according to his own words. And he mentioned the fact that uh, one-third of America is, let's say, a committed Republican, one-third is a committed uh, Democrat, and the other third, they're the undecided, which are currently flipping. But what he, what he said, which was uh, very interesting, he said that the largest number of people flipping their traditional uh, racial or ethnic <clears throat> preferences in terms of voting, that's where the biggest shift is occurring. So what he said was millions of African-Americans uh, are voting for Republicans and, and real conservatives. And then he said that's because at the heart of American society, at the heart of the African-American society, is what? Church and family. They really prioritize that. Um, and I'm embarrassed to say, um, and this is not like let's let's bash your own race time. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm, I'm saddened to say that there are many um, uh, evangelical Christians who are white, but they're lukewarm, very lukewarm, uh, about their faith in Christ. And then you have the Hispanic community, which also is centered on uh, faith and family. These are like these are gigantic areas of concern for the millions of African Americans in America and the millions of Hispanic people, uh, male and female. They're very family oriented and church oriented, and in my opinion, more so than the average. The average. Uh, white person. And what Bannon was saying is that recent events and things that have been going on during the last couple of years have caused these people to rethink uh, their whole belief systems. And many of them have rejected the traditional parties that their parents and grandparents voted for. So what is causing this flux? What is causing this uh, uh, changing of, of sides and a political realignment. What's causing this is the unprecedented pressures coming upon America from the economy, from the pandemic, from uh, the devaluation the of the dollar, from uh, the Great Reset. Uh, you know, you read stuff and you talk to people. I'm sure you talk to people like I talk to people. And if I don't talk to them, uh, I listen, I hear, I pay attention to what's being said in different areas. Now, 
First and foremost, whenever I pay attention to the media, I'm talking about so-called conservative television or liberal television, I am totally shocked at the, there are exceptions, good exceptions, but the vast majority of these people have sold, in my opinion, they've sold their souls because they're spewing out lies. Now, what does that mean? Where are we going from here? Well, there's a consensus among intelligent thinking people, people who incorporate the Bible and a biblical worldview into their perspective, people that are students of history, people that have taught themselves to think outside of the box. And by the way, you don't have to be some phony big shot with a PhD or whatever. Uh, that's, not, that's not what identifies you as intelligent. What identifies you as being intelligent is the fact that you are using your mind at a high operating level. You've done reading and you think for yourself. That puts you in a far different category than the average American who has been done down. And you're, it doesn't matter what grade uh, you finish, like high school graduate, uh, community school graduate, uh, college graduate, or, or whatever. We've now come to a place in American society that just because you have a fancy title uh, of some kind doesn't necessarily mean that you know what you're talking about. It's important that you think outside of the box. So, to every one of you listening, I know that the vast majority of you who listen to the Paul McGuire Report, unquestionably, you are people who think outside of the box. Otherwise, you wouldn't listen to me. If, if you're threatened by thinking outside of the box in order to come to the truth, you're not going to listen to me. The people who don't listen to me uh, these are the people that are on autopilot. They have turned off the guidance of their brains to some kind of computer system, and they take no active part in, in flying in their own jet or plane. That can also happen in, in your spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's look at what's going to happen quickly, because it's now measurable. We are headed for a massive societal and global collision. And we're dealing with a variety of opponents, such as all of the big globalist corporations, the globalist elite themselves, the international banking families, the, the giant fin financial companies and investment companies. And they have, and now it's starting to come out into the open, they have rigged things against the working class American, and they have rigged things against the hard-working middle-class person. And now we're in a place where uh, our economy is spiraling down. And, and, and the most tangible way of measuring that is ask yourself, the dollar that you hopefully still have left in your pocket, the dollars you may still have, um, the question is not how many dollars do you have, the question is, how, how many dollars does it take to buy something of necessity, such as food and bread? And, and there's an entire long list we could name of things that we must have to survive, like paying the rent or the mortgage. And so the money you get from a job or whatever is only as good as that money happens to be worth. So if your government or another government 
has printed millions and millions of dollars uh, from nothing using gigantic government printing presses. They print millions and millions and millions of dollars, but they have nothing of reserve to back up the paper dollars. In other words, they don't have sufficient gold or silver or real estate or precious metals or land or whatever. They don't have sufficient items of tangible value to back up the paper dollars. So what they do is what bankers have done for a long time, is they will just print their printing presses and they will print new dollar bills, not not $1 bills. They'll actually print a minimum of $100 bills. And they'll print $100 bills, but they won't have anything of tangible worth like gold to back it up. So what what that should tell you, if you're if you're seeing reality correctly, if you're not allowing yourself to be hypnotized, if you're not allowing yourselves to embrace a delusionary view of reality, if you're still sane and your cognitive abilities are still functioning, it will become apparent to you that you are in a giant global rigged game. And this goes all the way back to ancient Babylon, the establishment of what was called Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots, the the occult religion that still exists and still largely controls our world. So what we have is, uh, as I've said to you many times before, I use like a rule of thumb for me to to just, it's not perfect, but it's something, uh, to determine how big inflation is how much has inflation robbed me of my dollars, my ability to buy food, etc. And I go to the supermarket and I look at the prices of any given items. And then I reflect back to like two years ago or three years ago. And I remember clearly what all these items would cost me at the supermarket, let's say three years ago, and I compare it to today. And by my conservative calculations, um, I'd say that the buying power of your dollar and mine is approximately 35% less than it was three years ago. Now, I'm taking a conservative evaluation. There There are many intelligent conservative economists who say the real percentage rate on inflation would be more likely like 40%. In other words, your dollar would buy 40% less than it did three years ago or two years ago. And, and it's an easy calculation. Now, I'll give you an example. Today, I, I have a regular craving, which means I have a bag of them once or twice or three times a year, of cherries. I try to get organic cherries, but they're hard to get. So today, I was running some errands and doing shopping, where I learn, every time I go shopping, I learn volumes on economics. So I notice, I see this big bag of cherries that look good, and the the bag is packed, but there's no um, price sticker. So I said, the heck, you know, what could cherries possibly be? So it turns out, I don't know how many cherries were in there. It was, you know, relatively speaking, it was, not, it was a, still a modest plastic bag of cherries. 
But that modest bag of cherries cost me about 21 bucks plus tax. Now, that's double. That's double to what a bag of cherries would have cost me a year ago or two years ago. So you can do the math. So now a bag of cherries, or you could apply it to, to, to many fruits and vegetables, a bag of cherries essentially cost me double uh, than it did a year ago. That's called inflation. It robs you. Now, who created inflation? Inflation is a dirty trickster scheme or hustle or con or heist or whatever name you want to call it. Um, it's, it's a way of stealing the public's money, and it flies beneath the radar screen of most people because they don't understand money. And the reason they don't understand money is the understanding of money is not taught in colleges, universities, schools, and that should be one of the primary subjects. Why isn't it? Because somebody doesn't want you to know or your children to know how the money game in our nation and among the powerful really works. They want to keep you in the dark so they can rip you off. And they've been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. And they've passed this secret knowledge on how to rip you off using money <clears throat> through a system of secret societies known as Mystery Babylon in the Bible, especially in the book of Revelation. Okay, so, I, no, I, I bought cherries because they were on sale. <sighs> so I'm laughing to myself. I was lied to both times, and I swallowed the lie hook, line, and sinker. So the two times I bought a bag of cherries in the last two months, I got ripped off because I didn't know what the price is. I made this dumb mistake of saying, oh, what could it possibly, what could they possibly charge for cherries? And I got ripped off both times. Okay, you get ripped off too all the time. Powerful people do not want you, your children and grandchildren, to know the truth about how money works and how the monetary system is used as a globalist system of enslavement, domination, and control by the occult globalist elite. You understand what I'm saying? I think you do. Okay, so I didn't understand this for my childhood. Uh, I didn't even understand it. Although I, you know, you've heard that I've studied many, many subjects. But way back then, I would say my, well, I, I know what it was. Unlike my, my uh, fellow students, I wasn't interested in just repeating back like a parrot to my professor through tests or oral exams. I wasn't just going to repeat back word for word whatever he or she said and not knowing uh, anything about what I was talking about. I couldn't do that. So I remember the first day I attended uh, the economics class at the University of Missouri, where I was majoring in altered states of consciousness and in the psychology department and uh, filmmaking. So I walk into the economics class, and it's a giant college auditorium. I don't know. There was a lot of people in there. I'd say 300 people. And uh, he lectures, and I have no idea what this guy's talking about. And I, I think back to, to what I've read on economics, and I have no idea what, what, what they're talking about. So as usual, you know, 
I, I'm not a complacent person. So I politely walked up to the professor, and I said to him, you know, uh, I, I, I said to him, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said to him, just bluntly, what, how do you define money? What is money in a, in a simple definition? And he, he gave me this smile like a Cheshire cat with a, with a look in his eyes like, aha, you know, grasshopper, you've, you've begun to discover wisdom. And without saying a word, word, he communicated to me that there was a secret behind money and the monetary system. He knew what it was, but his job was not to educate the students regarding the secret of the monetary system. His job was to maintain the facade that these students were getting knowledge or education on economics and the monetary system. So by God's providence, and that happens a lot in all of our lives, you know, the campus of the University of Missouri at that time was super radical and liberal, like most colleges were. Most of the professors were hippies and Marxists. But I had one professor in a particular field, I think it was American history, and he uh, gave us books for required reading. And we had a choice in uh, which some of the books that we could read. And I chose to read one, which was, uh, by all standards, very radical, very conservative, very right-wing, but very truthful and completely exposed the, the rigging and deceit of our economic system. It totally exposed it. And I believe, I'm not sure, but I believe the name of the book was None Call It Conspiracy. And it talked all about the Rockefellers, the beginning of our nation, the international banks. And I had never heard this before, because all of this all-important economic monetary policy information uh, was hidden. It was concealed in the blurring of the curriculum. So students, even economic students, didn't know, didn't have any idea what real money was all about. And so this is what I learned. I did my own study. But this book really opened the doors. Uh, as, you know, what happens often in life, you're, you're moving through life, and unexpectedly, from one source or another, something you didn't plan on, somebody presents you with a book, or you buy a book, or you meet somebody, or you hear a message on radio, TV, or in person, or you talk to somebody. There's hundreds of ways the Lord can get your attention, and the Lord wanted to get my attention onto the economic system. And then, the deeper I dived in the truth of the economic system, I understood why I had such difficulty in grasping the so-called economic truths he was presenting in his class. The reason I was, had so much trouble grasping and understanding this and processing this is because when push came to shove, everything he was teaching me about economics and the class was the same thing CBS, ABC, NBC taught us, and any other major institution was teaching the same things and concealing the same things concerning our economic system. So I did my own homework. Almost 100% of the knowledge that I have in my life that has any value to it is when I've gone off the think-in-the-box modality and, and you know, committed myself to finding the truth. So I, I discovered that, they, that there's a secret history to money, 
which has to do with the passing of Mystery Babylon, an occult religion that began in ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel and has been passed down for thousands and thousands of years. And a key part of Mystery Babylon is the creation of a one-world government, one-world religion, and one-world economic system, also known as the New World Order. So here we are today, and they're talking about the Global Reset, which is just a different change of branding or words, because the, the, the global, the Great Reset is nothing more than the one-world government, the one-world religion, and the one-world economic system of ancient Babylon. They just rebranded it with the name uh, uh, The Great Reset, and they've passed it on to our times. So these kings and queens, these heads of empires, you know, the heads of ancient super-civilizations in India, in South America, the kings and queens of England, the royal families of Europe, so many diverse places, there was enormous wealth spreading over the span of human history. And so there was a group of people who claimed to have secret knowledge, who claimed to have um, information on how to create wealth through alchemical magic, which means they claimed that they were able to create gold out of a worthless metal. And their whole system of occult economics centered around the creation of money gold, silver, and precious jewels, by using alchemical magic on it, uh, these scientists, philosophers, claim they were able to take a worthless substance and transform it through alchemical magic into a substance of great worth. And this process was also known as the Philosopher's Stone. Okay. So, Powerful banking institutions and families go back thousands of years. They claim to have a DNA or a genetic line consisting of men and women whose DNA is all going back thousands of years ago. It's connected to human women allegedly mating with gods and producing a superior godlike race. Now, you and I would, would not call these beings that human women mated with gods. We would call them fallen angels, because that's what they were, fallen angels. And so the human women who mated with fallen angels and created wealth, uh, the fallen angels and, and their sons, the Rephaim and the Nephilim, acquired great wealth and allegedly had access to supernatural Luciferian occult powers, and allegedly were Luciferians and Satanists to this very day. Now, you have families like the Rothschild family. And the Rothschild family, it's very hard to find out what they are worth, and I'm only giving you an estimation, but most likely they're worth anywhere from five trillion to $22 trillion or more, because their gold, their silver, their, their substances of value go back thousands of years. And the same with other, what they call uh, blue blood families, because they have the same DNA, the same 
Illuminati bloodline families, and Rothschild was one of the primary ones. Now, what Rothschild did, allegedly they were Satanists, and the people who, who set up Rothschild and Rothschild and other Satanists in Frankfurt, Germany, set up Marxism and communism, because Karl Marx, the head of communism, was a Satanist. Um, they created what was called the central banks. And Rothschild or Rockefeller or whatever the super wealthy globalist elite family was, they would control any given nation. They would control the political rulership of any nation, the monetary uh, system of any nation. They controlled by controlling the money, the monetary system through what they called central banks. So when Rothschild and his cohorts moved into a nation or a city or whatever, they would take all the money, buy all the money from the independent private banks where the people would keep their meager monies. But then they would take over and, and through, through manipulation of money, they would build a financial empire, which they would keep in what, what was called uh, these, these banks. And the nature of these banks were that they were totally controlled by Rothschild and other people in the international banking families or the globalist elite banking families. And these people, to this day, control the world. That's why when I was talking to you just the other day, I talked about two powerful financial entities, BlackRock and Vanguard, and a third contender called State Street. And they essentially own what is allegedly reported as the total net worth of the accumulated labor of planet Earth, which economists say is somewhere between $22 trillion and $24 trillion. That I don't believe for a minute. That is what they're saying to deflect you. They're really, the collective net worth of these central bankers and central banks is in the trillions upon trillions upon trillions. You heard, I forgot which prince it was. Was it Prince Philip or was it another one? Please let me know if you remember. My, I can't remember this particular moment. But he was speaking at a high-powered meeting with the Global Reset, and he made a very strange announcement that was out of character, out of place, out of timing, and it was awkward, and he, and he said it in a very nonchalant way that escaped the perception of most people, and it obviously escaped the perception of all media people. And, and this prince of one of the biggest royal families in England, Queen of England, um, he announced to the world that he knew of a man that was worth somewhere between four trillion dollars, ten trillion dollars, or like so many trillion dollars that, that it's impossible to conceive. His wealth is beyond anything anyone ever imagined. So I immediately asked myself, like you probably did when you heard this, well, who is this? This guy is alluding to somebody. Who is he alluding to? Is he alluding to himself? Very possibly. Or, very possibly, he's alluding to some other member of the globalist elite, Luciferian elite. Anyway, together, these bloodline elite families control the wealth of the world. 
and they do it by controlling two gigantic globalist corporations, Vanguard and BlackRock. And Vanguard and BlackRock own all the media, all the big pharma, all the military, all the governments, all the banking, all the financial institutions, big pharma. And it's just endless, the tech businesses. They own it all through these two controlling multinational corporations, which appear to be in competition with one another. But when you look at it from a more aerial view, they're not in competition uh, to one another. They're partnering with one another to, to be blunt, to rape the world of all its wealth. And so whenever they do something, notice they never deplete their own money. They never uh, use their money, their wealth, their assets, ever. They are unbelievably selfish. But what they do is they use and take and steal and connive, and they get the wealth of the hardworking middle class, and they get the wealth of the hardworking working class to pay for the plans of the globalist elite. You don't know. You notice all the the you know what. Klaus Schwab makes this statement as he is rebranding the Great Reset. He's making what it is. The Great Reset is really communism, Marxism, and socialism being rebranded. So he made that statement, Klaus Schwab, which was, uh, you will own nothing, but you will never be happier in your life, which I've talked to you a lot about. And I explain all the most recent exposés of, of what is happening in our nation because of what Klaus Schwab and his diabolical partners are, are attempting to do. So the critical thing to understand is that they are taking control of America because they have to destroy America and lower the, the, the economic standard of living. They have to lower it for all Americans. They have to take us down. You know why they have to take you down? See, you may know people and interact with people that don't give a hoot about religion. But they're all ears if you give them credible answers based on financial understanding. And and you can pick this up quickly. Get yourself a copy of my book, uh, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Souls of Mankind in the History of the World, as I explain it. I explain it in my brand new book. You can still get at a pre-order at uh, paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. I expose the secret principles and agenda and secret evil strategies of the Great Reset. And you need to know what they are. So he says, you will own nothing, but you will never be happier in your whole life. That is a lie. I've told you on previous shows why it is a lie. And compare it to the super rich, the globalist elite. They own everything. In the last three years, they have almost doubled. All of the super elite have almost doubled their wealth in the last three years, whereas the middle class and the working class, your wealth, my wealth, has been seriously degraded by the Great Reset. So this hogwash about owning nothing and you'll never be happier in your life is a flat-out lie. They own everything. You know, lock in on the fact that they own everything and they never, ever, ever, ever give a penny. 
outside themselves unless that penny or that dollar or whatever legal instrument. They may appear to be uh, sheeps, but they're really wolves in sheep's clothing because what they're really doing is they funnel the money they get into foundations, which are nothing more than a legal structure to protect them from paying taxes. And they manipulate the economic system to make themselves richer and richer and richer. So they give up nothing. They are greedy beyond belief. And so right now, you have the super trillionaire billionaire class. They are right now wealthier than they have ever been in human history. And right now and right now, the middle class and working class in America and across the world has never been poorer and um, suffering serious livelihood harm. They've never been hurt more than they are right now. And our elected representatives are doing nothing, essentially. There are some exceptions. But whether it's Republican or Democrat, you're, you're in, you are being robbed. You're in the middle of a heist, and the sucker is you. Now, there are powerful and notable exceptions, but I'm saying the majority of the globalist elite are robbing you blind, and their game plan, according to their own words, their own documents, their own books, their own lectures, according to the globalist elite themselves, they intend to turn you into a transhumanist slave. And you will be a slave uh, and fit into some subhuman plan of theirs. That's where they're going with this, all through transhumanism and genetic engineering. It's right out of Aldous Huxley's book, Brave New World. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Knowledge is power. We need the knowledge of God, a biblical worldview. And then God will bless us with knowledge, which is power. That's number one. Number two is we need power from on high, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. Please don't allow yourself to get seduced and diverted into unnecessary arguments theologically. I am not saying that these areas don't have... um, um, debatable areas. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is when an army is marching towards you with their guns loaded and their barrels aimed at your face, that's not the time to argue theology. Okay, wait until after you've protected yourself and your family and loved ones from an armed enemy. Then you can debate the fine points of theological differences. But I don't like to get involved in the debate. I'm perfectly capable of it, as you know, but I don't like to, because that's not what God called me to do. I do know that any revival, any great awakening that will produce real results for Jesus has to be built on sound doctrine and rightly dividing the Word of God. Because if you have a revival, it will become diverted and controlled by the demonic if you do not. Harness it according to the Word of God, because the Word of God comes above everything else in life. Okay, we're fighting um, a spiritual battle and a psychological battle uh, of unprecedented proportions. 
you have a choice. You either pray to God, repent of your sins as an intercessor, repent of the sins of America. You don't have to, you know, uh, don't impress God by how long your repentance is. Just get to the point. And may I hopefully offer a helpful suggestion? A lot of men, especially, but women too, they're nervous about going into the throne room of God and asking God for supernatural help. They don't think God's going to help them because they think they're unworthy because of sins they've had done in the past, the present, or maybe the future. They, they think they're unworthy of God helping them. So they never come boldly to the throne of grace asking God for help. Now, I want to say this straight from the heart and from a complete love towards you as your brother in Christ. I just want to share with you one of the most liberating truths in the entire Bible. And that is that no matter what sin you've committed in the past, it was two minutes ago, or in the present, or in the future, obviously you're going to pray and ask God to deliver you from the sin, give you the power to overcome the sin, obviously. But you should never feel hesitant in going into the throne room of God boldly and asking Jesus for supernatural help. Now, why are you able to do that? Why are you able to come to the throne room of God of Jesus with supreme confidence and boldness? One reason, you're not coming to God and asking God to do something based on some kind of legalistic self-effort on your part where you try to manufacture or create your own holiness. If that's how you're approaching God, that's a big mistake. And God views that kind of fake self-righteousness. He says, your righteousness is, is as filthy rags to me. And I'm sorry to tell you the, 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 the actual translation of that means. God is saying, your self-righteousness is like filthy rags unto me. The, the term rags comes from the, the word that meant the used menstrual cloths that women would throw away or, or put somewhere to be cleaned. So God is pretty graphic in how this arouses his disgust. He, he accuses anyone who comes to him on self-righteousness versus faith of, of having righteousness that stinks like filthy menstrual rags. Sorry for the graphic uh, thing, but that's what the Word of God says. So, you can instantly come to God and not feel guilty by coming to God based on grace, unmerited favor. You ask God, you come to God into his throne room, and you appropriate the blood of Jesus Christ over your life, which cleanses you of all sin, and then you come boldly to the throne of grace and ask God for what you need. Now, in an instant, you have personal, private, high-level access into the throne of God, and God will answer your prayers. That's powerful stuff, and you need to take advantage of it. It's the same thing you need to take advantage of when you sin and you want to get into heaven, or how you get saved. You get saved by asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins, by being cleansed in the blood of Jesus, and asking Jesus to come into your life and make you born again. By your faith in God's Word, you will not only become born again, 
you will enter heaven for all eternity with Jesus Christ, which is pretty powerful. So whatever your need is, whether it's intercessory prayer, the need for money or resources, wisdom or whatever, you have the privilege through the blood of Jesus to come boldly to the throne of grace and ask God or Jesus for help, and he will do it immediately. Okay? Now, we're in a spiritual war. We have choices. If we look at the numbers of people in the body of Christ, the vast majority of Christians in America and the body of Christ who claim to be Christians, they um, have a lukewarm spiritual life with Jesus. They are not coming boldly to the throne of grace. They're not praying for our nation. They're not asking God to fill them with power from on high. And in many cases, they've never repented of their sins before Jesus and asked Jesus Christ to come into their lives and make them born again. So we have countless millions of Christians in America and around the world that are spiritually dead. In fact, it's highly possible, according to very reputable pollsters, that many of these Christians who claim to be born again are, in fact, not born again. I'm talking about, as I mentioned yesterday, the remnant church, that, that lesser percentage, 4%, 10%, whatever it turns out to be, of on-fire, born-again Christians who truly love the Lord, they're born again, and they're coming boldly to the throne of grace and, and asking God for the strength to win the spiritual war. And then as I share with you, this book that I'm, that I'm about ready to release still has to be finished with the printing process, and you can get it right now at a pre-order discount. I'm talking about Power From On High. You can get at a pre-order discount right now if you go to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Get yourself a copy at a discount of Power On High, and you probably want to get a copy of The Greatest Battle and The Day the Dollar Guide. They will change your life for the better. Okay, so. We're in a spiritual battle. Jesus told the disciples, his disciples in his era, he said, right before he ascended into heaven to go to the Father, he told his disciples that you need to go to Jerusalem and tarry in Jerusalem or wait upon God in Jerusalem until the Father pours out his Holy Spirit upon you. So Jesus said to his disciples, tarry in Jerusalem, until the Father pours out His Holy Spirit upon you. And you read the quote in Joel chapter 2, and you read Joel chapter 2 being quoted by Peter. Um, And Peter is, um, in Acts chapter 2, Peter is quoting Joel chapter 2, and he's exhorting the disciples to cry out to God, and to be open to being filled with power from on high, the supernatural explosive power of God, the supernatural dynamite power of God. See, if you're trying to fight the the demonic powers, the world system, and remember, I'm not talking about a demon under every dinner plate. What I'm saying is, if you're a real Christian, you are involved in spiritual warfare. The only way you can win that spiritual warfare is to do what Jesus told you to do, to be filled or clothed with power from on high. 
It's only then that you have the supernatural power of God, the Holy Spirit, moving through you and out of you like a spiritual detonation of God's life force, because the translation of the word uh, power from on high means comes from the word dunamis, which means dynamite, as in the dynamite explosive power of God. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. I urge you to go to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Get yourself now at a discount these books. Pre-order Power from on High. And also make sure you get The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. And make sure you get The Day the Dollar Died. And Power from on High. The books will change your life. And I wrote them. I wrote especially the last one, Power from on High, after two years of crying out to God, seeking his face, studying, researching, studying his word. And the Lord allowed me to see things from his perspective, and I share that with you in the book. Okay, you can visit paulmcguire.us, spread our messages, our audio, our video, uh, our books, our free articles, all the free resources, all the many, many social media platforms we're on. Please help to spread this far and wide. I really need your help on this. I'm serious. We, like any other ministry that's preaching the truth, we're under attack. And powerful social media companies, because we mentioned some word which happened to be true, and they don't tell you exactly what you do wrong. You know, they threaten to take us off the air permanently. So they, they have given us the, the threat that we're going to take you off the air. So that's, it's, it's a giant social media company. And, and what is our crime? Talking about Jesus and the truth. So I need your help to spread the links, to spread the messages, to make sure you join, you actually join our other social media uh, uh, platforms and, and ask the Lord what you can do to partner with us. Spread the word. We're in this together. If, if I fail, you fail. If others out there fail, we all fail. We're one. We're the body of Christ. So I need your help. And I need you to go to God and say, God, what, can, what would you have me do financially and with donations to help Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church fulfill their mission at this critical time? And then whatever God tells you to do, do it. Okay, we're going to be back in a minute. Make sure you visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And we have more for you. This is the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Okay, I'm holding in my hands a copy of my book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, which is available at a discount at paulmcguire.us. Essential reading because it it communicates all important stuff, but it's not written in a boring or overcomplicated manner. I I try to write all my books for the average person. I deliberately do not write my books like a seminary or university professor. I could, because I'm I'm a professor uh, of eschatology, which means a professor of Bible prophecy. I was a professor at a very prestigious Christian seminary for like 20 years in the field of Bible prophecy, uh, which is eschatology. And 
the church and Israel and ecclesiology. Okay, but I don't write uh, like I was writing a term paper, uh, and I don't write with overly complicated words, because my idea is to get the message across to people, not give them a jigsaw puzzle. Okay, let's, let's find out in my book, The Greatest Battle, I am reading to you a little bit about the Rockefeller family, because they're a very powerful family, and you need to, they're an example, okay? They're an example of a globalist elite, one of the wealthiest international banking families in the world. So on page, starting at like page, uh, let's just say page 347 in my book, The Greatest Battle, the chapter is entitled, The Prophetic Role of China and One World Government. Now. Uh, in this, I prophetically talk about the trade war, wars that are going on with China right now. And I also prophetically talk about China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. And then uh, I talk about the hidden secret societies behind these conflicts. And let me read to you a quote. Uh, from Rockefeller. The New York Times gave him this giant full-page section in the New York Times to write an op-ed piece uh, called From a China Traveler, which was prominently published in the New York Times August 10th, 1972. And Rockefeller says this, well, he says a lot of things, but here's one sentence that he said. The social experiment in China is under Chairman Mao's leadership is one of the most important and successful in history. Now, when when Rockefeller lavished the praise on Chairman Mao, the communist dictator who killed 34 million Chinese people, his own people, to to have his communist revolution where he starved to death millions of people and shot in the head millions of people. Rockefeller was, I mean, I don't see how he couldn't have been fully aware of that reality. And, and why, so why is he praising China? For the same reason Klaus Schwab is praising China in relationship to the Great Reset. These globalist elite people look at China, which is a horrible dictatorship, as their working model for their coming totalitarian regime. And so uh, Rockefeller, um, he's praising this. And, and this, this contingent of the globalist elite um, are modeling their global totalitarian government, their global dictatorship. They're modeling it after the communist regime of communist China. Where where Christians are killed, raped, tortured, they, they harvest their body organs and body parts, and and this is a nightmare of unbelievable proportions because so many people in in the category of the globalist elite. I'm not saying they are. I don't know what they are, but they function as if they were soulless people. So Rockefeller continues the social experiment in China under Chairman Mao. Um, 
is one of the most important and successful in human history. How extensively China opens up and how the world interprets and reads uh, and reacts to the social innovations. You see, what he calls social innovations, you and I would call the horrific abuse of human and civil rights. Um, And he goes on to continue uh, uh, communist China. And he calls it one of the most successful social experiments in um, human history. If you, you, if if you, if in your distorted mind, you you call uh, a totalitarian dictatorship where the dictator starves, murders, slaughters thirty-four million of his own people, takes away all of their rights, full-on attacks every aspect of Christianity. If you Rockefeller or any other globalist, if that's your criteria for success, then all I can say is that you're on the side of evil and Lucifer and demonic evil. And what you have to understand is that these people, the Luciferian elite or the globalist elite, when you look at what they did in China or Nazi Germany or communist Russia or communist Cuba, or any of the other communist nations, when you look at those as working models, what Rockefeller is telling anyone who has their eyes open, this is what we plan for you in the future. Look at China. It's a total lockdown dictatorship. Look at China, and that is your future. We're going to rearrange the world, and that will be your future. And let's, let's like, focus in. You, you talk to a lot of Christians that, in my opinion, are very dangerous. They're very dangerous because they, they, they represent a very th- real threat to you, your children, your grandchildren, your family, a very real threat to America. And the reason they represent, these Christians represent a very real threat to America is because of their naivete and their ignorance regarding the reality of what really happens in a communist revolution. And their mental softness, their ignorance, their naivete, is opening the door for vicious high-level demonic powers to enter our nation and cause a full-blown communist revolution in our nation. And I'm not going to bother explaining to you what happens during a full-blown communist revolution. I can summarize it by simply saying that is the implementation of hell on earth. So our spiritual role right now and the spiritual battle that we're in is we have to recognize that we're not fighting against human beings, but we're fighting against principalities and powers and the dark, unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places. The only thing that can that can overcome the raw political demonic force of like communist China, etc., is if God's people in America heed and obey the call of God for this hour, both individually and collectively. We obey the call of God. We say yes to the Lord, and we admit to the Lord that we know He's talking to us, and we step out on faith and we pray for America, the other nations, and we do everything in our power, everything in our power 
to turn the tides of this spiritual war before it's too late. Okay, so let me explain something. Because we're in a high-tech world with virtual reality, the metaverse, the matrix, uh, futuristic technologies, electronic surveillance, etc., etc., because we've now entered that kind of arena, um, it makes it very difficult uh, to win a war with pure evil. However, if God's people will obey God and be filled uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit, if they will be clothed with power from on high, and if they will immerse themselves in the Word of God, and then obey God and become the spiritual warriors that God is calling them to be right now at this moment, we can, we can win the battle, we can turn the tide of this battle, but let us never make the mistake of underestimating our enemy. Now, one final word, one final word. This is not a game. I hope you can tell by my tone of voice and not trying to be cute or sensationalistic or anything of the sort. We're in a dangerous, dangerous position. Because once these people turn the key into their lockdown mode, that's it. Right now, we have a variety of resources. Some of them are spiritual, some of them are physical. So God's grace is upon us. But if but, but, but it is absolutely essential that we cry out to God and ask God to clothe us with power from on high and to fill us with the Word of God, the wisdom of God. And then we need to cry out to God and ask Him to send us an authentic biblical revival and an authentic biblical third great awakening. And we have to manage that awakening by being stewards of it, because the devil, what the devil loves to do with revivals and awakenings, he likes to pervert them and, and get them off track into some Looney Tune crazy train kind of falling on the floor and barking like a dog type activity. That is not what a revival is all about. So we have limited time. God said that he would be with us, but he leaves it up to us to call upon him and to be obedient. So I'm asking you to be obedient for the sake of yourself and your loved ones. Please visit paulmcguire.us. I need your help now more than ever in getting the word out and more than ever in fighting the uh, obstacles and attacks against us. So visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And together we can take back the land. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire.